Welcome to the F-Stops Here podcast, hosted by The Portrait Paradigm. If you are a photographer who is striving to build a high-end portrait business that's not only financially rewarding, but satisfies your creative heart, then join five nationally recognized photographers with over 180 years of combined experience building and maintaining successful specialty portrait businesses. This is where we will have real conversations about all the elements to create your own upscale business from marketing, finances, mindset, photographic style, client experience, and so much more. So together, let's cut through the noise and make this your one stop for your complete portrait photography solutions. Let's build your new portrait paradigm right now. Welcome, I'm Rod Evans, along with Monica Sigmund, Michael Taylor, Bev and Tim Walden. We are the Portrait Paradigm Team, your weekly hosts for the F-Stops Here podcast. We want to give a shout out to one of our great listeners who left us a very, very nice review. Martin said, some of the best of the best. Can't wait to listen to all the value these fine people will be sharing each week. Martin, we appreciate you and hope you're getting a lot of value from what we're speaking about. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review also. And we might just give you a shout out on a future episode. We read and appreciate every review. Now, on today's podcast, it's part five, and it's the final of a five-part series on rising above the masses. And in this episode, we're going to focus on consistency. And Bev, I think you've got this one. Long time ago, in another land, no, a long time ago, we read a book, The E-Myth, E standing for entrepreneurial. And it was by Michael Gerber, like Gerber Baby Food. And it rocked our world. It changed what we did. It changed completely how we thought. It knocked our foundations out and we got, we built on new foundations. Now the book is The E-Myth Revisited. So get the book. But anyway, one of the topics that he talked about that really stuck with us and and one of the foundations that we really worked on was consistency. If your business doesn't have a way to be consistent with everything that you do, clients won't come back. I can tell you that when I go into a certain restaurant and they serve those wonderful warm rolls with the hot honey butter rolling off of them, when you sit down, you love that. You go back the second time and the rolls are not really that hot. They're kind of already cooled off. You're like, mm, that's kind of disappointing. So you, you, you're disappointed. Your expectations were set with the first visit and they were disappointed the second visit, but you will come back one more time. Let's give them another chance. We really like that restaurant. You go back a third time. The server is a little bit snippy. You don't get any rolls. They're slow in serving your meal. What do people do? They don't come back because most people's psyche will give, you know, we're kind people. We'll give somebody a second chance because we'll think, you know, it's just a kind of a fluke. But after that, it's, it's a really a no-go. So consistency is that important to keep your business running smoothly. And um, 
what we learned on that with that was not to bite off more than we could chew, so to speak. You know, don't blow the trumpet, roll out a red carpet when somebody roll comes up because then you get busy and you can't do it. Our biggest boo-boo was we decided to bake chocolate chip cookies that would be warm out of the oven for every customer that came in. <laughs> well, guess what? That didn't work because I burned the first two batches. <laughs> then our studio smelled bad. I even designed the cutest little stamp to stamp a little paper bag to put the cookies in, blah, blah, blah. So we threw the dough away and we're like, okay, that's not something we can be consistent with. We can burn them consistently. We can burn them consistently. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely yeah, that's right. So what we could do, what can we do? Okay, we can chill water bottles from our local uh, spring water that you know water out of a cave or wherever it comes from that's what they tell us but anyway <laughs> no telling where it really comes from uh, uh so can't wait <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. so we can so, yeah kentucky water so out of the river so we could you know we could have chilled water ready you know we can do that we can set it out in the dressing room that's attainable uh we can have mints set out uh, we even did labels. We did our own labels for the water bottles for a while, printed them on our desktop printer with, you know, cute, uh, Walden logo. And then we decided, oh, let's take it up a notch. Let's, uh, do it seasonally. So we would do graphics for winter, spring, summer, fall that lasted a year, maybe not even, uh, cause I couldn't get to it. And then you have to peel them off. Then you have to stick them on. Then if they're crooked, you have to pull them back off. Stick Anyway, then we decided, well, let's even take it up another notch. Well, duh, we can't even do seasons. We decided to do high school seniors portraits on the label before they came in for the sale. So that when we set the water bottle out for them, it had their photographs on it. Oh my God. Cool. Oh. Right. That was three seniors. And that yeah. went by the wayside because what we realized is we couldn't keep up. We, we couldn't, we were trying to do too much. We couldn't keep it up. So, you know, the, the better part that we were learning is let's just figure out what we can do every single time. Do we answer when we, when, when we had phones instead of text, do we answer it on the second ring or the third ring? What do we say each time? You know, that kind of thing. And how do we conduct somebody through the studio and how long does it take? And, you know, just set those things up that we could do. And so we, we found out really quickly that we need things pretty simplified. <laughs> or, or we're not Especially, gonna, I know me too. Like it's I'm, better. It's to just be, me. It's, yeah. So right. yeah, there's only so much one person can do right. and right. keep consistent with it. So right. for, when we had a lot of people here, I, you know, we bake cookies for years for people and oh, that man. was fine, but I can't do that now. So, <laughs> but the consistent things that we do in our studio is um, first of all, they're so simple, but people just love them. So we have a little placard on the door and then a, I have a gold star above the, on the dressing room door. And, um, and then I put their name in there. And so I don't even tell them, but then the mom or somebody will see it and they're like, Oh, that's so cute. And then they do a selfie with it. And then they want me to do a picture with them with their name on the door. And I'm like, it's just a piece of paper that I printed yeah. out, you know, and I nice. just print out the whole week at once, cut them up and you know, have them actually have them all shuffled behind each other. So I just pull one out and go to the next one as, as I have appointments. And honestly, it's more for me than them. Then I, then I remember who I'm photographing sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Sydney. 
Don't forget <laughs> to switch it out from the last session. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, Rado, that you're actually doing them all at once, like for the week in advance. Like, I think where we, we fall down is when it's the same thing as social media, right? Like when we're trying to do one post every day, it's, it becomes really difficult. But if you can sit and just do them all at once, knock them out, then it's a greater chance of success. So I'm trying yeah, to think of, yeah. of things. We can, we can do small things. You know, I have a certain lighting scenario for when clients come in. I have a preset for that. I have a um, app for, um, I have all my like plugins for smells and stuff. I have that all on a thing. I'm techie. So I have it. So like I can just click my phone and the sense will go off in three different places in my studio or not in other rooms, depending on which type of a session I'm doing. I'm totally into this. Like you are into it, experience thing for people. You know, it's like, why waste the smell of that room? (laughs) Just real real quickly talk about the names on the door. I remember visiting Kent and Sarah Smith when their studio was in Ohio. Pickerington, I can't even say yeah. it, whatever. They would write the senior's name with a big heart and welcome in lipstick on the mirror. Yeah. Because it, it would cute. clean off, you know, with, with, I guess, with rubbing alcohol or something. I thought that's kind of cool. Anyway. That's yeah. so cute. We digress. <laughs> yeah. I think all this stuff is so important. I know, you know, fragrance is important. Like we want to touch all the senses. Yeah. So we have a waterfall in our front room. We have uh, fragrance in Rado. I don't have an app. I have an eyedropper. <laughs> so it's like a heat ring on a lamp, but, but, you know, and so we do a 15 minute staging before a client That's comes. A good and thing so to say, yeah. we have, uh, we have a staging process. So it's almost like when you know, somebody's coming, it's why being appointment only is so important. True. We stage uh, their experience. If they're going to be a selection appointment, we have a tray of refreshments at the table to be sitting at. We have bottled water. Uh, we have uh, uh, an item on the screen, you know, uh, to unveil their images, things like that. If they're coming for a portrait, we handwrite a note that goes in the dressing room and we always write it to the children. If there's children or if there's a dog, we'll write it to the dog. Yeah. I mean, this freaks people out. They love it. We're like, dear, dear Fido. yeah, dear Fido, we're so thrilled <laughs> you're here today, you know? And, and, and then they'll say, can I take that with me? You know? So, yeah, because if it says, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, thank you for coming. We don't want it to feel that way. We want it to be like, uh, this is going to be like so much fun. Thanks Fido. And thanks Susie. You know, we're writing it to the kids. We had a maternity portrait we wrote to the, we knew the name of the unborn baby. Oh. So we wrote a, a letter to the unborn baby. So we we're put so it in honored there. to do your first portrait. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you find those, it's like a little bit of a two before effect. They don't expect it. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of hits them upside the head. They're like, wow, they wrote a letter to my, to the baby and the baby's not born. So they mm-hmm. take it, they put it in the scrapbook. We put out, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And it's always the same because I think what goes back to what Beverly was saying early earlier with the e-myth too. I think the thing about experience and impression is that you have to imagine the first time people come through the door, what you're basically doing is handing them a yardstick. And you're saying, every time you come back, measure me by this. And that's why somebody might not be disappointed if I didn't do something the second time, except that I had done it the first time. So now there's an expectation of it. This is why you have to be so intentional and so purposed you're going to make changes and you're going to make mistakes, but, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you want to build a process, execute the process and only change it to better it. So that when they come in, the scent, the smell, the sound, the taste, 
everything you've done for them just feels like, wow, I feel so welcome here. Uh, they knew I was coming. It's not haphazard. And, and these things make a difference as part of disconnecting price from product. I think Monica has a, a big fancy word for this. Well, I was, I was just <laughs> sitting here thinking this is why we keep our expectations low for our clients. <laughs> 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 Whatever. No. So not true. We're the queen of like, You know, um, we, we unlock the door of the studio, but that's about it. You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, is the music on? Wait, is the, are the windows up? Are those shades up? So, um, no, I think I, I always aspire to what the Waldens do in their studio. You guys have oh, you're sweet. really set Thank the you. bar with, with those kinds of things. And I always go, well, that's easy for them because, and then I look at us and I'm like, well, there's two of us too. So <laughs> I start to say, well, they can do that. But then I'm like, oh, well, okay. But, um, so my little contribution about this topic of consistency is, more about systems and okay. um, and repeatability in the terms of not just you guys are really keying in on the experience being repeatable and consistent, which is something I think that we could do better on, quite honestly. But um, but I think there's something else that has to be talked about with con in regards to consistency, which is the information and the rules of the road that are delivered at very specific times throughout that client experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so we've actually, Bev was laughing at me. It's not my word. It's Liam's word. He made me call it a rubric, which is basically a fancy word for a flow chart, a workflow, a procedure, a system, a roadmap. a roadmap. And so what we did was we outlined from inquiry to installation and repeat every single step that has to happen from that very first phone call, what the response is, what the telephone script is, what the email script is. If we're making a, if they're coming in for a design session, what does that confirmation email read? And so we basically, we printed everything out, every piece of collateral, every marketing piece, we laid it all on the floor. We had all of our steps. We put each piece, each script under the right column. And then we built out this rubric. And it's it's something that I have loved creating and I've loved teaching it. We actually have a six month class in which people build out their very own rubric for their studios. But the nice thing about it is you're building systems that are repeatable and that you know if you, it's kind of like the beginning of a manual. If you do have somebody come in and help you, even if it's part-time or even if it's a virtual assistant that's sending emails for you, this is this is the step-by-step. -step. And um, and what what helps me too, especially, you know, there's there's kind of two and a half of us handling clients. And so if I know that they've come in for the design, if, if I'm meeting them for the first time at the design session, my expectation is that A, B, and C have already been covered because that was to be handled in the initial phone call or in the initial email or whatever. So I'm not starting from scratch saying, hey, so have you looked at our website or do you have any idea about our price? Like, we have a very specific formula of what information gets dispersed at what time. So when we get to the sales room, when we get to the design session, whatever, we all know what they've been exposed to and they get just what they need when they need it. Not too much, not too early, not too late. And it's been very carefully designed. So I like to think of consistency in terms of processes because 
I don't ever want to go into the sales room not knowing what my outcome is going to be. I want to know before we get to the session what I'm showing up to do today. You know, what am I, what are they purchasing? Where is it hanging? What is this for? And so I don't like so shooting. So you're, you're mo- different than most photographers. You're taking the speculation. Yeah, I don't like shooting the- on spec. Mm-hmm. I, that's a waste of my time. That's a waste of my energy. It's the waste of the children's energy. Um, it's not being an efficient steward of their time. And so I like to know in advance, what are we doing this for? And then it's, it makes everything more pleasurable because I can have more fun in the camera room instead of trying to photograph 18 million different combinations that they're not going to buy. And then I'm going to get frustrated with the fact that they're not buying. So one of the beauties of that is, you know, what I've done so much in my life, I put 20% of my energy into what's really important that I know they're going to purchase the whole family portrait or, you know, the extended family or something like that. And then I'm putting 80% of my energy in hoping, you know, so it's really nice to put so much of your energy. Oh, you're saying that's what you used to do. Yeah. 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 But now, you know, it's so great to put so much of your energy and your emotion and your personality and all that into and now we, we, because we've built this system, we can do that every time mm-hmm. because we're consistent. So in the design session, we're very, very clear about how our, pro- what our process is, what the rules of the road are. And so um, I'm getting a little bit off track. That could, that probably will be a, a, its own episode at some point, <laughs> <Yes>. design <laughs> sessions and expectations, but, um, but consistency regarding dissemination of information and regarding expectations, both both of the client and of us for the client are critically important. Yeah, the E-Myth talks, uh, again, back to the E-Myth book, kind of what you're talking about. He said, think about your business. This was the the biggest challenge for us. Think about your business as a franchise. If somebody came through your door today and offered you $1 million to buy your business, but it had to be repeatable, do you have everything in order that you could turn over the paperwork and get a million dollars? And we looked at each other and went, there's no way. Because most of the information of what we do every day is in our head. It's not right. written down anywhere. It's not a guide. It's not a standard operating procedure booklet. And so that kind of shocked us. And then the on the heels of that, he's like, you need to build a system like your rubric. Did I say that right? You're a Rubicube. You're a Rubicube. Rubicube. You're a Rubicube. You're Abacus. Uh, Don't give me hard words, Monica. (laughs) So build a system to run your business. And then when you hire people, if you hire people or even for yourself, you just work the system. The system runs the business. So you take away... Uh, where we saw it kind of come into play too is if we had a different person in the, you know, doing the sale and the customer might say, well, you know, could I have this for this price or whatever? You take away discretion of your employee making a decision for you. That's going to screw up your consistency in the future because if you were in there, you wouldn't have that same answer. So you're, you're separating your business running from people running it with a system in between, which keeps your system is like, to me, like a train on the track. And it's just going through all the stops and it doesn't veer off. And when somebody asks a question, it just stays on that track 
It doesn't veer off. So now his point, I think, was that you could hire lower skilled people just to run a system. You don't have to have like the higher skilled uh, person. So but for us, it helps clarify us. Um, we don't have the ru- Ruby thing, the Ruby cube, because, <laughs> uh, you know, we have we still have too much in our heads not written down. So it's a constant. It's really yeah. a constant. You know, and I had a couple of things from that book that really hit us hard is is twofold. Number one, right after uh, she read the book, we discussed it. Um, <laughs> we separated our customer areas and our studio areas. Yes. And I thought that was so important. In other yeah. words, we, you know, we'd have people follow us in the office before putting things on the computer. I mean, it, it's terrible. And so you're, you just, you're, you're fracturing their experience. I mean, it's like going to a decent restaurant or a nice restaurant and you, you know, walk back into the kitchen. So, I mean, there's those work areas that need to be separated. So we defined customer areas mm-hmm. and, uh, and employee areas and then uh, processes that say, so you wait here, we'll be right back. We're going to put this on the computer so that we're maintaining the integrity of the experience all the way through. And we put touch locks on all the doors that go into our personal areas. And the other thing uh, that, that is so true that he started out and I know this sounds obvious, but somehow, you know, it just, the light bulb hadn't gone off until (laughs) then is that perception will become reality. Your, your goal is not to reflect, uh, reflect reality. Your goal is to reflect the perception of who you want to be, of who, of how you're going to be seen. So we're, we're like, okay, we're not a very high end business at this time. This was when we were climbing out of that, you know, muck and mess of being everything to everybody. We took a bunch of stuff off the wall. We painted new colors. We bought a really beautiful carpet. We, we took a dozen images off the wall. We put one or two. We changed the lighting. The perception was when you walked in, this is going to be a grand and wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first person that walked in at that time after was, was a headshot for a, a physician. And he walked in, he looked around, and he said, this is going to cost me. And just right off the bat, the perception was this is a high end business. So I think I would encourage everybody listening not to say, well, when I get there, I'll do that. No, do that and you'll get there. And there's really that mindset Perfect. that has to go into it. Yeah. You be Rod, successful, you, you look successful. <laughs> yeah. Rod, what do you call it? Telling the truth. Yeah, somebody said, tell the truth in advance. You're not lying. Oh, I like tell that. Tell the yes. truth in advance. Right. Yeah, this is where you will be going. So, and I, and I it is, that. it has to be a system that will get you there. Um, I was a trainer for a sales trainer for Citibank for many years. And so I'm all about like writing training manuals and systems and things. So I've done the same thing for our business. And so I've just used that. Now it's just me uh, filling in all the holes, but it still works. And wow. I don't know, I don't know how to say this right, but somehow taking yourself out of the equation in a way and building the system makes you more responsible and more confident to do those things, you know, to say, okay, I'm going to stay, we stage 15 minutes before I click this, do this, light this, prepare this or whatever that, you know, it's just a system that you're following and um, you've kind of taken yourself out of the situation. Yeah. It's, 
I don't know. I feel more confident about doing it. It's like, well, this is how we run our, it's not me. It's the business. You know, that's what does this, you know, that's our brand. That's our experience. So, I think that's yeah. critically important in the sales room. I'm glad you brought that up because all of this does come back to consistency leads to confidence, right? Like we're not, we're not questioning the decisions we're making or if we're doing it the right way, because we're doing it at the same time over and over. So we can be more confident. And so that I think part of the fear that photographers have in the sales room is when they're going to get questioned on something. And we made the prices, right? Like we own the business. We made the price. We could give a discount if we wanted, right? So when somebody says, now, is that the best you can do? Or if somebody asks us, well, if I buy more than one, can I get a discount? Or all of these questions that are just cringeworthy that we dread. And we always feel like, or I have felt in the past, like, well, what's my justification when they know I'm the one that made the policy and I can change it if I want, I'm the business owner. But when you build out a system and you're implementing this process and it really becomes, like you said, Rod, a part of the, the company culture, like it's not a personal, well, I could, but I'm not going to, it's, this is the way we do it, you know, and, and not just in the sales room, but I get a lot of pushback from photographers who don't want to do in-person design sessions, whether it's in your studio or in their home, if you don't have a studio, I cannot stress how important doing those consultations in person is. And they're always afraid that they're imposing, you know, too much on their client. They're asking too much. Their clients aren't going to want to whatever. And I keep saying you're, you're like negotiating with a two-year-old. You don't ask them what, if they, do you want to go sit down? Do you want to go take a nap? No, they don't want to go take a nap. And since you're asking, <laughs> I'm not going to take a nap. So what you need to say is great. I'm so excited. So this is our process. The first step is an in-person right. design consultation. It's not a negotiation. It's not a question. The nap is not a negotiation. You're going to take the nap and you're you're going to take the nap when I tell you to take the nap. And so, but you have confidence because that's the system you've built. You know that it works and it gives you the result at the end of the day that we all want. We all want to create beautiful art that our clients value and feel good about investing in. 100%. I think, you know, if we're talking about pricing and pushback for that, you know, I had an experience in my studio in Pasadena a long time ago and I've Monica's heard this story a million times, but I was doing a sales appointment. It was in the evening. I was tired. I wanted to get home just, just to get things done. I gave this lady 15% off this wall portrait. The next morning, I had a call from her sister-in-law who had done a portrait with me three years earlier, and she wanted 15% back from the sales that she had done three years earlier. And that was a huge aha moment for me because I realized I need to treat everybody the same. Yeah. It's not about, okay, I'm going to put a line in the sand and this is the prices, you know, really. And, and whenever I've had a really big pushback on things like that, I'll tell that story and people are stunned that lady called. I said, but you know, it's no problem because she gave, it was a good lesson for me because I realized I, I want to treat everybody the same. I, I don't want to give you 20% and then maybe I like this person in two days. I'll give them 30% because they're nicer to me. They were easier to photograph. They were slimmer, you know, or something like that. And um, 
you know, so it's all about fairness. We, we want to treat everybody equally. And when I say that to people, I, I have had zero pushback on that because everybody wants to be treated fairly. You know, they, they don't want favoritism. So, well, it takes your, um, I'm sorry. It takes your anxiety out of the process because you don't have to worry about, are you going to concede for this person and not that person? There's, there should be no anxiety because you've established the, the way your studio is going to run. And that's the way it's going to run period. I was going to say, even if they're not related, like the sister, mm -hmm. a lot of our clients run in the same social circles. Right. So they definitely know what so-and-so did and paid and, you know, that kind of thing. So we have to be really careful. Plus, we, I, I feel like our prices, although they are, they are steep by comparison around town, I think they're a great value. Yeah. I really do. And, uh, you know, because to me, price isn't just simply uh, what can I get? Price is about what kind of value, what kind of art can I produce? I want mm -hmm. the freedom to be able to produce something at the highest level. And to adjust that price would have to adjust my thinking mm -hmm. uh, in doing it, especially if I do that on a more regular basis. And I know, so if I'm producing something at a certain price, and I, and, and I might want to say, okay, what can I do even more, some more surprise, some more delight? What's the next level? And I need the freedom to do that without saying, well, I can't afford to do that within this product. If I need to go in and do a little extra artwork or so forth. So those are things that aren't so much predictable as far as exactly what I'm going to do, but they are predictable that with every single uh, portrait, we're going to do something we didn't count on, you know, to make that art piece something, you know, really special. And then I wanted to add one other thing too, I'll just kind of off, off the sales, but, but still on the experiences. If you can add a layer of surprise and delight uh, in every single experience, you know, Bev uses those words a lot, surprise mm -hmm. and delight. Now, some of that can be calculated and most of it is, but it's just kind of seems really random to a client. One of the things that Beverly came up with the idea about a year or so ago, and it's just been a huge hit. You know, we all like to do behind the scenes uh, video or behind the scenes stills or whatever. And she said, uh, and then we use it later on our, on, on social media or on, our website or something, she said, why don't we just send them images while they're driving home? And, and as simple as that is, that at the experience of that, I mean, mm -hmm. while they were driving home, before, you know, 10 minutes out of the studio, they're getting a number of stills taken by Bab or whoever uh, of the session going on. They're posting it before they get out of the car saying, just left Walden's. This is amazing. That That's also part of the experience is you're creating that energy and that surprise, that delight, you're playing into um, the, the, the way people think and the, and the way they uh, react with each other today through social media, providing something. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt your photography because they're really, you know, just shots right off of our iPhone, but you're providing them something that uh, is going to benefit you and makes them feel like, wow, I just didn't see that coming. That's amazing. So yeah, that's a really neat experience. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I love that. So and I think it for, you know, for me, it's and I think what we're talking about here is that we're creating an experience or a journey for all of our clients. And some of it is, you know, we have to work at it, we have to put it together, we have to make it at that time or make a decision to really personalize it. But parts of it can be systemized, um, for sure, you know, that, that, 
you know, so a mixture of the two, a mixture of some things that are systemized that they automatically get emails, they automatically get a text or, you know, that, that follows in with that and then interject your little experience things along with that, you know, the personal things that you can or have it set up where, you know, you can personalize it before it goes out or whatever um, to do that. So I, I try to use a combination of the both of some things that are systemized and some things that are very personalized. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, we're all absorbing it here. <laughs> we're all like, I've got down. nothing. That's a good idea. I should do that. Now we're thinking about <laughs> what we can do that we've just heard. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> talking and making so notes on what each other's. <laughs> that you could do. It's incredible. I mean, seriously, there's so many things. And right I think, it, you know, this has been an incredible conversation as always with you guys. So, you know, it's like, we need to all take ourselves out of our businesses once. I think we should, you know, when you guys were talking about this, I'm like, you know what? I haven't done this in a long time. And that's pretend I'm the client. I'm my client. What do they experience? You know, like get out of your, you know, space, your headspace and pretend to be your client. And what do they see? What do they walk through? How do they experience your studio, um, your business? What is it like for them from the phone call, from the uh, messaging, all the things, every single part of their journey, be that, be the client, be the client that you want. And what are they feeling? What are they experiencing? What senses are they having? And um, and that that will help you start to build your own journey and make it the best you can be um, and the best experience for that client can be. So that is what's that. I just want to jump in real quick. We yeah. have something called a, um, a physical audit at least once a year. And we start out in the parking lot with a clipboard and a legal pad. And um, we usually do it with somebody else with fresh eyes. And we write down every single thing that is subpar everything that's yeah. not a 10 right and it may be like um the windows need to be washed it may be that the front door sticks it may be that once they get inside the front door the baseboards aren't perfect or the rug isn't clean like all the little things that we don't see every day because we see them every day that's you know we've stopped exactly right. seeing them we do. so so we have built out this physical audit it usually coincides before we have a big visit like a group of photographers coming to the studio yeah. or something. mom's coming over <laughs> yeah. that kind of a mentality they say if you want to clean your house throw a party but um so and then and it goes literally from the front from the parking lot to the back door so yeah. samples on your wall, what's on the desk, you know, every single thing. And then we just map it out on a Trello board. What can we get done in two weeks, two months, whatever your deadline is. And we color code it out to who's responsible for which things. And, um, and that's helped us tremendously because now we're all more aware of it. Like I can be super aware of it, but if, if Michael and Liam, when he was here, if, if they're not seeing it, then it doesn't, you know, we have to all be on the same page. So that's great. Yeah. Good advice. Good, good conversation, guys. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, we certainly appreciate you and we're excited to share more information on with you about the experience and how we can rise above the masses and all the things that we can do to make that happen. So it's been great having you here with us and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. 
From all of us here, your Portrait Paradigm team, thank you for joining us on this episode of the F-Stops Here podcast. We certainly appreciate you and are here to help you on your journey to creating a portrait business of your dreams. For more information and free resources, check us out at theportraitparadigm.com. When you're at our website, feel free to send us your questions. Maybe your question will be featured on a future episode. Please remember, if you're enjoying this podcast, help us make this podcast more visible by leaving us a review right now. It really means a lot to us. You don't want to miss next week where we are starting a new and exciting series on From Inquiry to Installation. Until next time, be ever open to shifting your portrait paradigm.